bloody beam of wood. A social symbol of shame. This barbaric practice of crucifixion. Humiliating. Agonizing. A graphic display of punishment reserved for the worst of offenders. The cross was the epitome of scorn and rejection. In the sacred scriptures, the gospel writers give account of one crucifixion that changed everything. Beaten. Bruised. The nails in his hands. The spear in his side. His last breath. Yet somehow on that day, in a glorious twist of irony, this brutal practice of crucifixion became the source of eternal hope. Through his sacrifice, Jesus didn't just change historic perception of the cross, he turned it on its head. From scandal to grace, from condemned to forgiven, from prisoner to pardoned, from death to life. What once was seen as the ultimate form of humiliation has become the ultimate display of amazing love. Today we remember what Jesus accomplished through the cross. We take hope in his resurrection. We celebrate his victory over death and the grave forever. Because he lives, we live.
Amen. Right now, we're going to take a moment to spend some time in communion. So if you have that, you can grab that now. Feel free if you want to, to take a seat. I think it's interesting to me. Every weekend, millions of people around the world partake in this thing we call communion. Right? It's this little piece of bread, this little cup of juice. And have you ever stopped to just kind of ask that question, like, why do we do this? Like, what's the point and what's the purpose of this? I think it's unique because it's a tradition that was started thousands of years ago by Jesus through the process of uh, walking his disciples through what was to come. Do this as a memory. Don't forget. Don't stop. And Paul writes through the process in 1 Corinthians, and he says this. He says that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. It says that he he, uh, had given thanks for it, and then he broke it, and he said, do this. This is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. And then, in the same way, after supper, it says that he took the cup, right? He took the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me as a memorial to me, for whenever you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now we all have these in our own lives, right? For me, when I see uh, the the cardinal flying by or a dogwood tree that's in bloom, it reminds me of my father-in-law, Barry. Or when I see an old classic car, it takes me back to the days when I would walk and talk with my dad. We have all of these, everyone in this room, we have some type of memorial for us as Christians Every Sunday, we come together to remember Jesus. So this Easter Sunday, as we remember, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, let's take a moment to spend some time with him. It is because of Jesus' death that we can come to him and be cleansed. We're gonna pray, and then in your own time, you can take communion. Jesus, thank you for a moment to pause and to reflect and to recognize it is all about you that you're the only one that can do this. God, that you can turn lives around, you can change hearts, you can give us the ability to go and change the world because you showed us how to live. And Jesus, it's in this moment that we say thank you. Thank you for setting the example. Thank you for being the sacrifice. Thank you for caring enough about every single one of us in this room that we can literally give it to you because we know that you can handle it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
your life. That's what's about this weekend, right? Amen. Have a seat. My name is Danielle, and I am so pumped to welcome you to Easter with Kingsway this weekend. Thank you for taking the time to celebrate with us this important, very important, life-changing weekend where we celebrate the fact that Jesus is risen. Now, you might be new to Kingsway. You might have not been here in a while. Maybe it's just been a, a few years for you, or you were invited by a friend, and I want to say welcome. And if you would, we would love to know that you're visiting with us. You can text the word CONNECT to the number 317-565-4911. And one of our staff will reach out to you and kind of just get to know you a little bit. Find out where you are in this journey. We call it like a growth path because God's got one of those for each one of us. We're all on a journey to become more like Jesus. I'm on one. You're on one. The people sitting next to you are on one. And each one of us has a different step to take to keep moving forward closer and closer to Jesus. And we believe that a lot of this involves connecting with God, doing all the things we're doing this morning, singing, praying, being together, connecting with others in community, whether that's big or small. Ladies, at the end of this month, we have a special, special day full of worship and growth. We call it uh, the IF Gathering. It's a women's conference that we hope that you will attend. Come with us. It's a great time. It's right here on our campus. But maybe, maybe you're looking for something smaller. Men, we have men's groups, we've got ladies' groups, we've got life groups for families. Anything that you might need, we probably have got it to help you keep growing closer and closer to God. So check out our app. Kingsway Christian Church app has a lot of the details of the different things we offer that might just fit you and your family. Now, when you came in today, if you're in the room with us, you might have noticed we have names written on the pillars underneath and up in the balcony and then below the stage right in front of me. You might wonder what that's about. Our pastor a few months ago challenged each one of us to pray to God for a name. Someone to pray for, to come to know God, maybe to come to Kingsway or to attend their local church. Sometimes that was an easy name to write, a friend, a coworker maybe. And sometimes those were names that were not as easy to write. Because we've all got those folks in our lives, but they all deserve prayer. And that's what we're here to do. We get to pray for each other because at one point, all of us have been names that someone has prayed for, to come to know God, to grow closer to Him. And we invite you, if you feel called today to write a name, go ahead and add to it. We've got markers back by those pillars up in the balcony and underneath it. We would love for you to join us in praying for any and everyone that God puts on your heart. So let's keep connecting to God today. Pastor Matt has a great message about life change, all things being made new because of Jesus. Let's get ready. Here we go. Good morning, church. Happy Easter. Really glad you're here with us on this fine Easter morning. If you're visiting with us, welcome to Kingsway. Super glad you're here today. And I just thought it'd be a really good thing to kind of first start like with the Easter story, which comes after the crucifixion. So if you don't know anything about that, on Friday we celebrate, I know it sounds crazy to celebrate, but we celebrate that Jesus 
died on a cross. We'll talk a little bit more about why in just a moment. But then on the third day, and very early in the morning, he rose from the dead. And we'll pick that up, right? Mark chapter 16, verse 1, it says this. When the Sabbath was over, that's Saturday, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus's body. Very early on the first day of the week, that'd be Sunday, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Isn't that good news? That is good news. So if you're visiting the Kingsway, you may not know why this is good news, and that's what I want to tell you about today. I have three sons, just turned 14 this past week, 12 and 9 years old. And over the last couple of years, all of them have been having conversation with us about who is Jesus, what does it mean, why do I, what does it mean to put my faith in him, what is the purpose of it, what's happening there. And so I talk to my boys about two things that I want to share with you today about what it means to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The first one is this. In the resurrection, Jesus trades the sting of death for the joy of new life. The sting of death for the joy of new life. It is not fun to show up on a celebratory Sunday when everybody's all dressed nice, little girls are running around in their Easter dresses, right? You got eggs hidden everywhere to talk about death. But you can't talk about resurrection without talking about death. So let me take you to a passage in Romans chapter five real quick, and it'll show you a few verses in here, ready? Verse eight says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We'll come back and talk about verse nine in just a moment. So here in verse eight, what we see is while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. A couple things we wanna take away from that. What is sin? I don't know about you, but sin is one of those things that nobody really wants to talk about. And when we do talk about it, a lot of times it totally gets messed up. I remember uh, about maybe 10 years or so ago, uh, my wife and I had won a package downtown to go ride in a horse and buggy. And it was super cool. We went on a date night. We all got dolled up. We looked dressed up just like a lot of you do right now. And we get down there and we're getting into this horse and buggy and the guy's got to get the horse ready. I don't know what he's doing, the horse anyway. I don't know what a horse mechanic looks like. But anyway, he's getting everything set up. And uh, as he's doing all of that, there's this guy standing there and he's very, very close to us. And he's on a soapbox with a megaphone telling me that I'm going to hell. Now, I'm not the only guy he's yelling at, but I'm thinking, buddy, can you just give it a break for 10 minutes till we get on a horse ride and can leave you behind? But in his mind, he's doing what God has told him to do. And he's yelling at me that I'm a sinner. And I'm like, I agree with you. Like, we don't disagree on this point. The problem is when the world hears about sin, they often picture that guy who's just yelling condemnation at them. He doesn't have any context for my life or my story or what I'm going through. This is just his perspective. And I was not happy in the moment, not because he's wrong necessarily that I'm a sinner, but I'm thinking, bud, you're kind of ruining my night for no reason. Then, not only that, but sometimes when we talk about sin, see, you turn on certain media, whatever it is, social media or even massive news media, and what you're told all the time is there's like this, this hatred or condemnation, right, over certain things. What we see in this passage is what sin did for us is it separated us from God. And we all feel that, right? Don't we know that? 
There's like this gap, this distance between us and God. And the way that we see it and feel it and experience it is our marriages, our families start to fall apart, our workplace, our country. There's war in the world. There's evil. There's disease. You don't always feel safe when you go downtown. When you go to bed at night, you lock your doors. When you get out of your car, you lock your doors. Some people carry firearms because of this, right? We live in a world where it's just, there's something wrong. We don't know how to explain it. And the Bible says that's sin. Now, literally, the word sin means to miss the mark. It's a Greek word, amartia. And amartia is a picture of an archer, and he points at its target. And the goal is to hit the target every single time right in the center. But we didn't hit that target. We aimed it some other place, or we missed it altogether, or whatever it is. That's what sin is. And the target was perfection. And everybody has missed that mark except for one person. His name was Jesus. And the whole point then of the crucifixion on Friday was that while we were sinners, what that did is it created a gap. But the gap isn't just like, oh, there's a gap. No, no, no. The gap meant we were enemies of God. Our will, our ways, our perspective about the world was so warped and so messed up that our hearts were opposed to him. And while we were in that place, What God did to his enemies was he came down here to build a bridge back to them. And that's what Easter weekend is really all about. In verse nine, he goes on, he says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Aren't you glad you came on Easter when we talk about the wrath of God? Welcome to Kingsway Christian Church. Here's the thing about God's wrath, right? I'm I'm making a joke about it. It's not a funny thing, but God hates sin hates it. We call it the wrath of God. What that means is when God sees sin, what stirs up in him is this hatred. And you think, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how to do with a God who hates sin. Oh, don't get me wrong. You want God to hate sin. You just want God to hate everybody else's sin. You just want God to hate when other people lie to you, cheat on you, deceive you, mislead you, steal from you, hurt you or your family. That's when you want God to deal with sin. But God can't just deal with everybody else's sin. God has to deal with all sin. And what happens every time we sin is this this wrath gets stored up at God and that wrath had to go somewhere. And so Jesus on the cross, he received the wrath of God, poured out on sin. And what that showed us is while God hates sin, God crazy loves us. That's that word justified, It's a courtroom term. It means instead of standing in the courtroom guilty for all the charges against us, we stand before God and he goes, no, I don't see any more of their sin. Why? Because Jesus died for them. He took their place. He took their sin upon himself. Verse 10 though, he goes on, he says, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of the son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? That's the power of resurrection. See what happened when the gap was created because of sin, not only did we become God's enemies, but we inherited something called death. So part of what Jesus is doing on the cross, he's receiving the wrath of God, but instead he's giving us the life of God. And he's receiving the death in his death so that when he rose on the third day, now he can say, and now you get my life. So now here's the thing. All of us have a fear of death, do we not? I mean, nobody wants to talk about it, right? Until we get to a funeral and a loved one or if somebody has died. And then you, for a minute you go, oh man, one day this will be me, won't it? Like one day this is my future, but not for the believer. 
not for the follower of Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. You're still gonna have to pass that threshold. In the moments or hours or days leading up to it, they might be miserable or painful, but you know the moment you close your eyes in this life and open them on the other side, all of a sudden there's eternal life, eternal life, eternal glory. And it's gonna be a good you've never known before. And that's the second thing I wanna share with you. Yeah, 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 you can stop and give God the glory, yeah. Because see, in the resurrection, Jesus guarantees that he will make all things new. All things new. Let me just take you real quick. So we kind of talked about in the beginning when sin came into the world. We talked about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Let me take you to the very end of the story for just a minute. The book of Revelation. If I sit down with somebody over coffee, I always get like maybe four questions, five questions. I know, I know it's gonna be one of these four or five things. And one of them is, can you explain the book of Revelation? And my answer today is no, but I will take you to the last chapter in the book of Revelation. Ready? Revelation chapter 21, verse three says this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne. This is God's throne in heaven. This is John writing the book of Revelation, saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. So while when sin came into the world, it created this gap between us, Jesus came to fill the gap. We were told throughout, throughout the New Testament that Jesus dwelt with us. So God left heaven where there was a gap. He came to earth. He lived among us. He went through what we went through. He was crucified among us as a criminal on a cross. But then he rose from the dead and all of a sudden this gap became a little less. And what Revelation 21 is telling us, and one day that gap will be eliminated and heaven and earth will be one again. And all of a sudden, God's dwelling place will be among his people. If you read all of Revelation 21 and 22, you can skip all that other stuff. You don't know what to do with it. Just read those two and read about the new heavens and the new earth. Oh, it's going to be amazing as God's dwelling place is with us. This, yeah, you can clap for God anytime you want. The sun won't even be needed anymore. There won't even be a need for sun because God will be our light. And what does the sun provide for us every day? Life, Right? The sun makes life come up. We're in springtime. There's more sun, praise God. And you just have more energy. Have you noticed that? And you're like, I don't want to go to bed ever. I just want to stay up all hours of the night. It's what the sun does. But there won't even be a sun because God will be our light. The life will just be effervescent inside us. And then he says in verse four, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. We've only known the old order. We were born into the old order. The end of the old order would be death for us. But see, for those who are in Christ, that's not the end of our story. There is coming a day when God himself will take his finger and wipe your eyes. Again, three boys, but at one point they were young. They were little. And I remember when they would fall and skin their knee and they'd come crying, right? And you pull out that magical mommy kiss that makes everything better. Or you pull out that Band-Aid and you put it on it as if that makes the pain go away. And they get these big old crocodile tears because they're afraid. And as a parent, you just take your finger, your thumb, you just wipe their eye. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. You could do this. Get back in there. Imagine God wiping away your tears and he's wiping them away forever. It's not like wiping them away till the next fall. No, no, he's just wiping him away because the old order is gone and there's no more death and there's no more crying and there's no more pain and there's no more sin in the world. And heaven and earth will finally be one forever. 
And then John says, he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And I think he meant to rhyme. I think he was going for that there. What does it mean that he's making everything new? In the Greek, and I know some of you don't care about this, but there are two major words for new. There's kainos and naos. Naos would be like, this thing is completely over and there's a completely brand new thing here, birth. And that's not the word that's used here. Kainos is the word that's used here. And it's really hard to come up with a visual that's perfect for us, which leaves a lot of questions about exactly what it means. But kainos is something is transformed. Oh, there's a completely new thing, but the new thing is a transformed version of the other thing. And that's the word that's used here. And it leads a lot of great theologians to ask a lot of really hard questions about what the new heaven and the new earth is gonna look like. And I'll just tell you, when I get there, I'll tell you all about it. But until then, we can hypothesize and we can dream. But what it does mean, and you don't wanna miss this, what it means is God is in the business of taking what is there and transforming it into something completely new. And that's what he's doing in us still today. When I say God is making all things new. That means us. That means our life. That means our world. He is doing this still today. In verse 7, he says, those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. I will be their God. They will be my children. We will walk together. We're gonna have this relationship together. It's gonna be beautiful. I'm gonna renew and rebuild and restore. I'm gonna take my little kids. We're gonna have a family forever and ever. One of the things I love about Easter is yesterday, I was literally driving on the way to the service and I'm texting back and forth with a friend of mine who's, who's a, he's a pastor and he's a missionary. He's been a pastor and then he was a missionary and then he's back to being a missionary and a pastor and he's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And he's had some church hurt, right? I don't know if you've ever had church hurt. And uh, he's writing back and forth because I don't think he's super excited about this weekend. It's a lot of effort, a lot of energy. And I think he's going, "Ah, I don't know, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And he said, are you excited about Easter? I said, oh man, I'm so excited. He said, why? I said, because I look back over my last 14 years of being at Kingsway and Easter is this special moment. God draws people to his church on Easter and, and things happen that I can't explain. We have so many volunteers and staff members and, and leaders in our church that came to us on Easter Sunday and God met them in that moment and he spoke to them in that moment and it birthed a transformation, this changing of their life, moving them from death to life, from old to new. And it's been so fun to watch that I get excited because I don't know who's next. And I can't wait to see who God has drawn here for just such a moment as this. And I just got to tell you, we've been setting you up all week because we've been praying for you. And I don't know what's going on in your world. But I know this, God wants to move you from death to life, from old to made new. And whatever drew you, yeah, you can stop. Give God the glory anytime you want. Just interrupt me, I'll stop, yeah. Whatever drew you here this morning, Just know that your heavenly father loves you. He crazy loves you. And he's been chasing you and pursuing you and speaking to you and leading you. And he even let you go through some really hard stuff so that he could meet you in this moment and show you just how good he is. In fact, I have a testimony just like that that I wanna share with you today. 
This couple sat down with us and let us record their story so we could share it with you. I believe it was six years ago, Easter, that they came to us for the first time. Take a look. So I met Rob my last semester of undergrad um, in college, and I met him at a time where I wasn't looking to date or meet anyone, and I immediately like knew, I just knew that we were gonna be together. She came in for a job interview and like knocked me off my feet. From there, it just kind of kicked off. We never left each other's side after that. We got married a couple years later. And then after a year and a half being together, we, we had our first child. Uh, and once she was born, one of the things that I knew about her, she was raised in Catholic church and she said, we needed to go to church and we needed to do all the things that I did when I was little. I was not raised in any sort of church. I didn't know who God was. I, I didn't believe in God. Um, I, I lived with a mother who was a drug addict. Um, my dad was in and out of jail, um, a victim of abuse as a child. So I, I had some serious issues with God. So when she said, let's go to church, I thought as partners in this, as raising a child, I, that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to just go. Finally, we're 15 years into marriage and I stumbled across this opportunity that, and it, it kind of hit me and I, I thought so hard about it before, before I even brought it to her. But it was such a big opportunity. So it's in Texas. And I was like, oh, well, that's good for people in Texas. <laughs> you know, like, um, how does that affect you? You know, how does that affect us? And he's like, well, so I'm gonna go to Texas. And I was like, I don't think so. And he was like, I was like, for how long? And uh, I think it was um, 12 weeks. I think he said 12 weeks. I'm going to um, I'm gonna be leaving, and I'm going to be leaving next week. And I was like, no. Like, how can you do, like, how can you do this? No. I told you, I, I'm, we're doing this. This is the best thing for our family. And so Tuesday comes, and I get on the plane, uh, fly out to Houston. Um, the first night, we're on the phone, we're fighting. As a husband, I didn't catch the pain that she was in. And that... That's where I felt like I messed up. His flight landed on Good Friday. He was coming home after 12 weeks gone. And we picked him up from the airport and the kids like ran to him. And then we got home and we put the kids to bed. And I told him, I was like, I, I think I'm done. We had been together for almost 20 years, and it was it was almost over, and I was scared to death. And I remember the feeling of needing to go needing to go to church, and it had been eating at me for for the past 24 hours. I need something. There's something different. I have to have something different. I have to change our life. He just looked at me so sad, with his eyes, and he said. I want to go to church for Easter. And I was like, I mean, I, I, I could have just fallen over because previous to this, he had never wanted to go to church. He had never asked to go to church. And we slept in on a Sunday. He wasn't like, um, is there a later mass we could go to? Like never said that. And she goes, okay. And she starts rattling off different Catholic churches. And I just, I remember t turning each one down and she's getting frustrated each, after each one. 
And I just said, that, that's just not going to work. And I remember that my daughter had come with a friend of hers here to Kingsway. I remember telling us, this is really cool, Dad. They have this band on stage. You'd love the music. Do you want to go to that church with the band? If that's what you want to do, like, that's fine. I'll go. I will give you this. I will go to that church with the band. I don't even remember what it's called. Matt came on stage and he was telling the story of Easter in a way I'd never heard it, in a way that made sense to me. I, did, I, I didn't know God that day. I didn't know who he was. I didn't feel worthy of being saved, of, of his love, uh, of any of that. But I knew something was going on. Something was different. And then I was just like, we need to go. It's crowded and it's Easter, right? And I don't know any of these people. So I'm like, kids, come on, let's go. And I took the keys from Rob and Rob is just weeping. And I was just like, I don't know. This man that I know more than anything, like I know him better than he knows himself, right? Um, is just different. Kylie and I got baptized on in July. It was that moment that, not the moment just where I came out of the water, but it was the moment where I dipped Kylie in the water that I knew this was for me, that God, God had me all along, that I just had to find Him and seek Him. God was moving so much that day when He was like, I want to go to church, like that Good Friday, right? Crazy, because He knew what was in store for us. He knew all the things we were about to face. I know now, looking back, like God was in there because He saw me and he was trying to drag me out. God showed up in ways that I can't even put into words. It, it, was, it was crazy. Every day I experienced God in a way that I never thought I could. Amen. Well, son, I know this. There's something special about Easter Sunday and the way it connects with people's hearts and lives. So we looked at the very beginning, and we said, okay, sin into the world, it messed everything up, created this gap. We looked at Jesus, Jesus came to close the gap. But heaven and earth are not one yet, right? One day Jesus is gonna come, and all things are gonna be made new, and he's gonna dwell with us again, and these two are gonna be united. So what does that mean for me today? I remember when I was at Bible college, I had one of my professors, Dr. Thatcher, and I took the Gospel of John with him, and I was asking all these questions about heaven and exactly what's gonna happen and what it's gonna look like, and kept not really answering my question, at least to the level of my satisfaction. And I do think part of it is there's a lot of unknown. It doesn't matter how much you study your Bible, there's a lot that's unknown. However, he said, finally said, Matt, I tell you what, I'll go to lunch with you today and I'll answer all of the questions that you have. Can I please move on with my lesson? I'm like, yes, okay, fine. So we go to lunch, we sat through the day. He just kept taking my questions one after the other. And finally he looked at me and he said, Matt, when do you become a part of God's kingdom? When do you start to live forever? And I said, um, when you die. He said, really? And I said, I feel like this is a trick question and I don't know what answer I'm supposed to be giving you. And he said, Matt, when did you come alive in Jesus Christ? I said, uh, in my baptism. He said, yes. He said, remember what Paul said in Romans 6? We're literally going into a watery grave. You go down in the same way that Jesus died on the cross, went into a tomb and came out of the tomb. You're going down into the water and coming up out of the water. It's a watery grave. You're leaving the old you behind and you're coming alive in Jesus Christ. 
Easter points specifically to that moment because it's the moment that we celebrate. I'm not waiting for the day when I die to be one with God. I'm one with him right here, right now. While everything has not been finally remade, finally renewed, yes, I am alive in Jesus right here, right now. So while heaven and earth are waiting for that final consummation of all things, God has filled that gap with himself. So he's given me the Holy Spirit to be inside me, to live inside me, so that I won't do what I want to do, what my flesh wants to do. Instead, I'll do what he wants me to do in this world. And I'll hear this voice telling me to go to the left or go to the right, it says in the Old Testament, that I will know his will and his ways, and I'll be able to bring him into this world by the way that I love others. And then others will know that he is God by my love. So I'm living heaven on earth every single day now because of Jesus. This is what Paul says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stop. Let's give God glory. Yeah. Interrupt me anytime you want to clap for God. All right. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Paul says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Do you hear the present tense of that? This is not like one day this will happen. It's like right here, right now, this is beginning. Over the last six years, watching the convicts grow in their faith. Yes, that July, I believe it was that July, they gave their lives to Jesus and were baptized and united with him in baptism. But I've watched them learn new ways, new habits, as they continue to learn more about Jesus and who he is and what he's doing in the world. And they've learned and are navigating how to better love and serve each other and be better parents to their kids and better employees in the workplace and all of the things. Jesus is transforming them. He is making them new day by day by day, by the teaching of his word and the aligning of their hearts to his and the same thing he wants to do in you. This is what it means to be made new. It happens in a moment with the decision to give your life to Christ and then it continues to happen as we begin to learn and understand who God is and what he's doing in the world and how we align our lives to heaven. Paul goes on and he says this, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And now we have this ministry of reconciliation, that we could go to our family and our friends and our loved ones and these names we've written on the pillars and the ones that God has given us, and we can love them and pray for them and say, Jesus truly does love you. He hates sin so much that God gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life and be made new. Yeah. So what I want to do is I just want to pray over you. And then our worship team has a song planned. And I just want to coach you real quick. You can do whatever you want during the song. You want to sing, sing. You want to stand, stand. You want to sit, sit. It's okay. Do whatever you want to do in this moment. But we just want to worship and celebrate God calling us home. And I'll come up after the song and, and I'll close the service. And I'll just tell you, if you feel like God is telling you to do something about what you're hearing today, I'll tell you how to respond at the end. Ready? Let's pray. Father, would you come and make things new in us? God, I don't know where this message lands. I pray for the believer that they would be encouraged in their faith. Lord, I pray especially for our believers who are looking at death in the face now more than ever in their life for some reason or another. And God, may they be encouraged. Jesus is promising us new life. May they have no fear of the moment to come. 
God, I pray for the believer who's trying to figure out how to walk with you. God, may your spirit whisper to them, encourage them, challenge them to believe again in Jesus Christ, died on the cross and rose from the dead. God, for those who are visiting with us and they've never put their faith in you or it's been a long time, God, and they're hearing your voice over them, your message to them, Lord, God, I pray right now that you would draw them near to yourself. Lord, I pray that they would respond to that call of yours in their life, God, and they would put their hope and their trust in you. God, thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. It's in his name we pray.
So in, uh, we're in the book of Luke right here in here at Kingsway Christian Church. That's not our name. <laughs> we're in the book of Luke. And uh, this Sunday, we're gonna be in Luke chapter five, and we're looking at a story of Jesus miraculously healing somebody, but then talking about the deeper healing that they really need. I just wanna encourage you to come back and learn more about Jesus. Bring your family, bring your friends. And we, we, we're gonna go through the book of Luke, and what you're gonna find in about 10 chapters in Luke chapter 15 is Jesus tells a story about a prodigal, somebody who's been away for a while. And in that chapter, he gives three separate stories and he keeps talking about this party that is thrown in heaven when just one sinner repents and turns back to God. And I just want you to know, that's the kind of church we are. You're never gonna find us wagging a finger at you or judging you or condemning you. We're gonna be a church that throws a big old party when you come home to your father. So listen, today, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I threw my megaphone away, so I don't have one anymore. All right, I'm just kidding. So listen, in the, at the front of our services, on the, my right, my left, that you can find our Connect Team members. If you have questions about Kingsway, or you wanna know more about Jesus or giving your life to him, just come by them. Everybody else is gonna go that way. You just come up there and they will answer your questions and help you find what's next. God bless you. Have a great Easter. We'll see you next week.